Hi, I'm Bill Gaither, and welcome to More Than the Music, a podcast where you can join me for conversations with some of the most interesting people I know. Each episode features a special guest who has inspired me in some way during my 50 years in the music industry. You'll meet incredible artists, writers, and comedians, sports figures, and other folks I'm grateful to call my friends. Join me now for this week's episode of More Than the Music. It's going to be good. Well, it's good to have you here, Paul. Uh, Somebody said, if you're going to make the journey, you might as well enjoy the trip. And man, if if you got characters, if you got characters like Paul Overstreet, Larry Gatlin, Randy Travis in your life, it's going to make life a lot more interesting. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know... uh... Did you do a, was Larry on your show? Yeah, we did, and uh, and you know what he he was wonderful. Of course, all you have to say to Larry is hi, and then if I you know. <laughs> if, if you if you get an and or a but or an if in somewhere along the way, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> hey, 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 Paul, they always give me a sheet to. Uh, uh, to to bring me up to date, and 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 you've been my friend forever. It seems like, but man, when you, when you start looking at all this stuff, two Grammy awards, you also won the ACM, the CMA Song of the Year award in '87 and '88. You were na- named the BMI Songwriter of the Year five years straight from '87 to '91, an achievement on Music Row that this copy says has never been done before or since. And for you who are, you know, who are just tuning in, a lot of times writers are the last ones to get credits. And I'm a, as a writer, I just, I, I just think the credits are very, very important. Uh, Paul, Paul also did Long Line of Love, Love Can Build a Bridge, Forever and Ever, Amen. Uh, on, on the other hand, I didn't see that in the, uh, in this list, Brianna. So, uh, but man, there was a lot of songs, Paul. Well, you know, they were just. Uh, uh, I was just thinking this morning, you know, and uh, meditating, talking to talking to God, I guess, and just saying, you know, it was all these people like Randy Travis and. Um, the people who recorded my songs, George Jones and Tanya Tucker, Paul Davis, Marie Osmond, uh, going on and on with Kenny Chesney and Alan Jackson and uh, uh, Blake Shelton. And it's just, it's been a, an amazing time. And then I see all these new artists that come along, you know, that are really great. And at some point they sang one of my songs in a contest or something, you know, and I just think to myself, that's pretty incredible. Uh, but uh, uh, you know what? In case you miss, because you were just doing it off the top of your head, but uh, but here uh, is the list of the people: Randy Travis, who who have recorded this man's song, Tanya Tucker, Keith Whitley, Allison Krauss, The Judge, Kenny Chesney, Blake Shelton, Brad Paisley, Carrie Underwood. That list truly does go on and on and on 
It's an incredible, incredible career, Paul. And I'm just glad to say I know you. <laughs> well, you know, Bill, same here. And I'm going to tell you, you know this. You probably wouldn't mention it because of your humility, but you were involved in the writer's group, the publishing company, that where a lot of these songs sprang from. And yeah. if you hadn't have been doing that, yeah. I don't know if these songs would have ever seen the light of day. Hey, you know, you know something I, uh, you mentioned that, uh, but I'm very proud of that, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you you brought up. I'm, I, I, I'm, yeah, you're right. I am humble, but it, it kind of wore off somewhere along the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but but well, you but, mentioned but, those Grammy awards, and uh, I always say, well, you know that they're. They're, uh, those are all political, you know, yeah. except for the times I won. <laughs> except for the times I won, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I have a hard time believing those charts until one of my songs is on them all of a sudden. Those charts are very, very credible as far as I can. But back to that group, I can remember when you came to town, um, my uh, business associate, Bob McKenzie, came to me and said, James Stroud have uh, ha- has a group of new writers coming to town. Uh, 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 it was you and uh, No Block, and who was the other one? Tom Schuyler. Tom, oh, yeah, Tom Schuyler. Tom Schuyler. And, uh, Dan and as, Tyler, Mitch Humphreys. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and as is true with many young writers are coming to town, and, and uh, you know, they they got to have some income, so they said, uh, "Would you be willing to uh, uh, you know put some energy uh, uh, and, and 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 some resources into this to get them started?" And we said, "Sure." And uh, you know what? When songs came out like "I'm Gonna Love You Forever, Forever and Ever," oh man, I told Gloria that was a good investment. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. A, I'm glad you did it, and I'm glad God blessed for all that, you know, because it was, I mean, it, when you're in the country music world, it's a little bit, um, there's some rough roads, you know, and some, it's it's not always smooth, and there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, boy, that was just a good time. You know, it just felt like God was just opening the floodgates and, and giving us favor, you know. You know, one of the things that uh, I, I, I discussed with, uh, with Larry and... Uh, and I forget who else. There was another writer. I always see you at the at the Nashville Hall of Fame Writers Night. Now I don't want to be, I, I, you know, I don't want to be unkind to the artists night, you know, with the CMA Awards. But of all the award nights I like, I like the writers the best for this reason. It's always philosophical, and every writer in that room is so humbled by the fact that uh and 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 i and i i i don't want to over exaggerate this but i think it i think it's true in a lot of the cases i think they really realize that true inspiration does come from god and 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 whether or not the song comes out as amazing grace or or hank williams song i'm so lonesome i could cry I, I mean, right. but to get inspired to bury your feelings to somebody else, I I think most writers say it it takes more than just me and my talent to make that happen, and 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 you sense that in that room because all of them are all of them seemingly come from spiritual roots, 
from uh, uh, some kind of a church background that when they were young, they were uh, in a kind of church that accepted uh, young kids coming up and doing their art. And usually one of the first songs they sang was, you know, I Saw the Light or, uh, mm-hmm. or Amazing Grace or something like that. And then they started creating on their own. And and so when I'm in there that night with all of you, with all of you big guys who are writing these uh, incredible songs for the uh, world, Gloria and I just sat there and say, those are people that you really like to just go out and spend the evening with and, and have a dinner with. Well, I feel the same. I think songwriters are that way. And I know, but you, you, you're selling yourself a little short. You're one of the biggest writers in our industry. I mean, all the songs that you've written and uh, and the way they've been accepted and embraced, uh, you know, I just think it's incredible. And I, I admire it. Well, and I always have admired that. When I learned about who you were and what, what all you had accomplished and what all you've written, I was just, uh, you know, just wanted to be your friend. <laughs> that's kind. That's kind of you. You know, I have uh, made this statement before, and and as you get older, you find yourself uh, repeating yourself. But I don't think there's any kidding about it. The connection between the country crowd and the gospel crowd is awfully, awfully close. I mean, even the fans. I mean, it it it's crazy. You know, in our field. You know, we'll be in a church somewhere, and somebody will sing, do you know all the gold in California? We'll start singing all the gold in California. You know? Right. But it's a pretty close connection, isn't it? Oh, yes, I think so. Well, you, uh, well, when you mentioned Hank Williams Sr., uh, I Saw the Light, and stuff like that. And uh, To me, like when I was a kid, I was eight years old, and I saw the movie about Hank Williams' life, and that's what made me realized that I could, that I wanted to do that. You know, just take your guitar, some lyrics and sing, and you could make a living at it. You know, that's what I'm thinking. My stepfather, and I told my stepfather and my mom that night, it's what I wanted to do. And my stepfather goes, yeah, well, that's good, but you got to have something to fall back on. (laughs) Because you can't, (laughs) you can't make a living at it. (laughs) Well, he did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but he was an Williams. <laughs> and so, but I did. I wound up coming to Nashville in 73 and uh, just finding a way to survive. And it was a long road. It was hard, but eventually I made friends. And, and I learned a lot from other writers like Eddie Rabbit and even Stevens. And, uh, I learned from everybody that I work with. Yeah. And... And to me, it's just, and I keep learning. I'm always learning. And it's amazing that the new writers that come along, they may write about some subject matters that seem a little bit uh, unimportant to me, but the way they write about it is wonderful. You know, the way they approach it. Yeah, it's pretty crafty. Yeah, yeah. And so I admire, I admire all kinds of songs, and I like all kinds of music. Yeah. But Hank Williams was really important on the early days. He had Luke the Drifter. Some of those songs were gospel songs, you know, like the picture from Life's Other Side, yeah. the bad girl that lives down the street. They were like the they were like the dirt road of gospel. I mean, Christianity because don't judge. You know, that's what it was saying to you. Don't judge. And then, I mean, is all the things going to happen to you when you go down these rough roads? You know, 
uh, just some great lyrics in those songs. If you haven't heard them in a while, oh, I know. Hey, check out that Loop the Drifter albums. They're so good. And I look at the heart, uh, you know, of some of those uh, uh, people. First of all, for those that don't know that story, he was born uh, with a, a defect, uh, a, a muscular uh, backbone uh, uh, defect that he lived with all of his life, and uh, he was in he, he was in terrible pain. And you know, it's really easy to judge people on the outside until you say, you know what. He did the best with what he had. I mean, uh, he, he, he he was dealing with stuff. You know, you know, God has been good to glory in me, and I thank God for a long-term marriage and all that good stuff. But I, but on on a given day, uh, or on, on any day, I will I will get up saying, "No, I'm just grateful for the blessings of God." But then I find myself, from the standpoint of my brothers and sisters, making sure I. Reach, reach into that grace bag and say, "I don't understand all of that, but I'm going to throw some grace that way from this, you know, from this perspective." Sure. I mean, we understand grace when it comes from God, and all grace comes from God, and it is amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. the reason we keep singing it and keep singing it. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think we. It's hard to judge. I mean, it, it's not hard. It's easy, but it's, it's hard to feel right about it because. Of all the roads I've been down, I don't have the right to judge anyone, and yeah, so yeah. I just don't. You know, um, C.S. Lewis, in his uh, book *Mere Christianity*, talks about. I don't know whether he calls them the seven or eight deadly sins, but after he got through talking about gluttony and lust and all the jealousy and all those things, he, he said, "Now let's get to the big one." You know what the big one was? Pride. No. Pride. What's pride? Oh, God. I know. Isn't, it, isn't it huge? <laughs> he said. Bill, I want to tell you this funny little story about you talk about marriage. You've been married for a long time, and my wife and I have been married for 35 years. Yeah. And, 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 we're, and this has something to do with grace and not judging and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But, but my wife and I went to this music store one night, and this fellow writer came in and I saw him, hadn't seen him in a while. We go up and give each other a hug, and we talked a little bit. And then when we we left in her car, yeah. she was driving at night, and I said, "She," I said, "Man, I said I could smell, I could smell marijuana all over that guy." <laughs> <laughs> and she starts going, "Well, that's just ridiculous. I just I, I don't like to hear that." And I went, "Well, you know," I said, "You got to realize that some people do what." They do to get through the day. Some people's lives not like yours. It's maybe they're out of you know. Maybe that's what they're doing to survive, <laughs> or they feel like that's what they got to do. And she said, "Well, the fact, and this is years ago when it was yeah. you know it hadn't been legal in yeah. some states, and yeah. and she goes, it's illegal it, for one thing.' And I said, "Yeah, but you know, in other countries, you know, sometimes it's legal in other countries. Maybe some states it's yeah. going to be legal." Yeah. And she says. Well, let me ask you this. If you were in a country where you could have more than one wife, would you do that just because it was legal? And I said, how long am I going to be in that country? <laughs> <laughs> she slammed on the brakes and said, get out of my car. <laughs> you, you said, I, if we're talking hypothetical. Let me just let me get it in my head. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, you said you've been... I survived that one. You you, you survived that one. Hey, 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 let me get this uh, straight. You say you've been married now, what, for 35 years? Yep. You know what? Uh, uh, You know, I call that a long-term marriage. Uh, And and you have kids? I have six children. Yeah. And... And the crazy thing is they all got in the music business. And I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> and, I spray them. Uh, and, and, and did you try to steer them every place else except the music field? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but they all, man, they were just, I guess they saw me doing it all the time, but they were all just been on it. You know, my oldest son was in a band called Hot Show Ray, and they had, well, they're having a pop hit right now. They're out there, and they're pop music, and, my second child, Summer, she's writing for Warner Chapel. Uh, Warner, I guess Warner's, and uh, she's doing really good as a writer. And our third child was Cord, and he's uh, was on Glee for six years, and uh, he's <laughs> out in L.A. and doing music and making his own records. And and then it goes down. My daughter Harmony, she's married now, but she for a while she picked songs for our publishing company and. Uh, now she's married with an expecting a child and, uh, let's see, uh, Sky works for AMFM Management, who manages Greta Van Fleet, Marcus King, a new artist that's coming on strong. And, Brother. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, Charity, my youngest, she's graduating, uh, Belmont College this, this her last semester and she'll graduate from there and then she's going to give music and she's actually such a good singer and she's going to give music a try for a couple of years too so but she <laughs> might go be if she, if it doesn't work she'll go be an attorney I think. <laughs> more than the music is sponsored by the folks at the game show network you know these days it seems like every time you turn on the television there's something that makes you want to shout back at the screen well at the game show network that's the whole point but in a good way. They're dedicated to creating family-friendly play-along and laugh-along games that will have the whole family getting in on the competition. Whether you're watching their classic games in the morning or their block of all the original shows from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. every weekday, it's a great way to bring everyone together in one place and on one screen. If you're looking for entertainment, that the whole family can enjoy together. The answer is the Game Show Network. Well, the question always was in our little family reunions, and I was just a kid, and everybody would talk about their kids going to uh, GM Tech, going to be a tool maker, die maker, and all those things. And then they'd say, what's Bill going to do? And they said, my dad was so kind. Dad was a toolmaker, and he didn't understand the music field, period. You know, I, I never heard my dad sing. And so um, he said, what's Bill going to do? He said, well, he's going to do music. And then they'd ask Dad, well, what's he going to do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, <I> know. <laughs> my dad loved to tell this story. Uh, after our thing kind of caught on, and and uh, see, I taught for ten years, but after I retired from teaching and did full time music, my dad would go down to the Gilman feed store to get feed for his livestock, and the old guy down there, and 
they would always say, how's your old boy? How's your boy? That, that, that boy you're in, how's he doing? He'd say, <laughs> he'd say, well, he's doing pretty well. He said, now I see him on Saturday night there on TV with those people singing. Now, what does he do through the week? <laughs> 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 and my dad would just, at that point, it was funny to my dad, and he was very gracious to the guy at the feed store. He said, well, he keeps pretty busy, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and you do, don't you? You're out, you're out. Are you still out playing and doing shows everywhere? You know what? We go out about 60, 65 days uh, uh, in the year, Paul, and it's still, it's such a joy. Uh, we were. Oh, that's great. We were in Orlando last night. I looked down the front row, and there was a young couple, a good-looking, handsome, beautiful young couple. And they were, and they were mouthing the lyrics to our songs. Now we've been, I've been around, for, you know, uh, eighty years now, writing and doing this stuff. But to look down there and see a young couple mouthing the words, and and we sang a, a song that that Larry Gatlin and I had written called. There is always a place at the table. There's always a place to come home, no matter where you've been. You can always come home, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so we were singing that, and looked down there, and, and 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 his young wife was tears rolling down her face, and she put her head over on his shoulder. And I told I told Gloria <coughs> this morning when we were drinking coffee. She said, "How'd it go?" And I told her about that, and I said. Now that'll still get me up in the morning, and you know, say, can we write a song? Can we do a song mm-hmm. that encourage somebody who thinks, you know, what I have done, uh, you know, uh, is just too bad. You know, I mean, I could never, I could never come home. And right. if you're a real mama and a real daddy, but especially if you're a real mama, you always set an extra place at the table, and that kid always knows. He can come home, and I, I've got to, I've got to feel that God feels that way about us. There's always a place at the table. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think you can ever do anything too bad, you know, for, that God won't accept you. If you want His, if you want His love, He'll give it to you. Writers get their ideas from a lot of different uh, sources. Uh, uh, where do you get your ideas? Uh, Bill, I think it's kind of a reciprocal thing. You know, I I sometimes think certain things are a good idea and then look at them later and I go, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I do know this. The more I write, the more I keep doing it, the more ideas I get. And if I quit doing it, they quit coming. So that's why I just keep writing. I keep it's practice. If it's not a great song, it's just practice. And then sometimes it'll just be a gift that just happens. And you're in shape to write it. You know your skills are there. You know uh, the expression we use is we're really into a song, and we say, "Boy, this this is beautiful, beautiful." Little new, this is a beautiful new little baby that we've created. And the question always is I hope this baby's pretty in the morning. 
and and we like you the next morning the kid isn't quite as pretty as it was the night before. And the second, and the second, the third day, we, somewhere that kid got ugly. And say, you know, oh, what? I know, right? It, it just what? happens. I mean, but but when you do it, you have to feel that way about. It. You have to be excited about it, just in case it is. You know. You know another thing. You know, I you know I look at your awards, Grammy awards, CMA Song of the Year awards, and all that good stuff. But the real writer doesn't write for the awards because I, I've been asked, and I'm sure that you've been asked, how does this make you feel? Well, I'm very grateful, and I want to thank all the people who voted, uh, you know, for, you know, for me to uh, for this. And I like you. Many times I didn't know why I got them, and many times I didn't know why I didn't get them, you know. But <laughs> so, Paul, what do you do, you know? There, there has to be times when you've written something you thought, man, this is going to get recorded and the whole world's going to hear this and it's going to be great, and it didn't happen. So so what happens then? Well, you know, I, I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, I don't really write for the awards. And I didn't, I was surprised when we started getting nominated. Yeah. Uh, because that's not why we did it. Yeah, I know it. But, But I think... I think you write for the song, and I had so many songs that I had written that I thought were smash songs. I just thought they were hit songs like Digging Up Bones. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I pitched those songs, like Randy Travis recorded those songs, but I pitched them to I try to get Merle Haggard. George Jones did Same Old Me, so I thought, well, I've got that connection. Maybe I can get him to do On the Other Hand. Digging Up Bones was, I played it for, in the studio for an art, a, a group, and they said, man, we're all in the studio, and they were a huge group, and I said, uh, they said, you got any songs? And I got, well, I got this one, and I played them Digging Up Bones, and they go, well, don't really hear it. <laughs> and I thought, this is so hard, you know, because I knew that song was a great song. Yeah. And, but, you know, my confidence gets got shook because, a lot of times I pitch songs, and it may be years later before they get recorded. And I was talking to this other writer friend of mine, and he said, man, it seems like some of these songs have been five years. Uh, and he and I had written this really good song, and it's, it's called I'd Have Found You Sooner. You know, if there's anything I could change about our relationship, I'd Have Found You Sooner. <laughs> and, good. Yeah. and it's a great country song. And I was telling him, well... Maybe maybe it's time we get that song cut. It hadn't it been about five years. <laughs> he started going, "Hey, no, don't say that." <laughs> but we don't writers. We don't want to wait. But sometimes, and I'll I'll ask you if you ever felt that sometimes you're ahead of the curve because you're trying to be as good as you can be, and sometimes you get ahead of the industry. The industry's in another place, and they haven't quite gotten to where you are with that song. And it just takes a while for it for it to come around, and people you you play it for somebody to go, "Wow, I love this. Is this new?" And I go, "Yes." <laughs> Although I might have written it years ago, yes, it's new. But you know what? For the writer, for the real writer, he he just keeps plowing away. And many times I say, "If this is not for anybody else." 
it sure blesses my soul. You know, I mean, yeah, it's something. It's something that I I need to say. You were very fortunate. Um, I have I have used this quotes I probably too much, but my I got it from my good friend Bob McKenzie. He said, "The longer the line of preparation, the more apt it is to intersect." with a line of opportunity, and you came along about the same time Randy Travis came along, right? Yeah, yeah. I was about to record uh, my album, but Randy had his going right before me, and so we had pitched a lot of the songs that he recorded. I had had versions of them kind of ready, but... He was re- he his album deal and all was ready a little bit before mine and they had found so- several of these songs they wanted to record and I just said yeah and I had a little Bible verse go through my head said it's more blessed to give than receive and I just went yeah you guys take them and, and go and because I mean I did I had nothing to do with all that I don't think but. God, you know, he sold like five million albums on that first <laughs> Storm of Life yeah, record. God has a weird, weird sense and of I, humor, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. It was just a little Bible verse. <laughs> you know, like, let him, I was thinking about holding them for me, and I just went, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let them. Everybody wants to cut one of my songs. They can cut them. And whatever's left over when I do my deal, I'll record. <laughs> I hope some young songwriters are listening in to hear that. That that is just wisdom. First of all, I think you have to come to grips with the fact that all inspiration comes from God, and that uh, and you need to live it out in, with a very very grateful attitude, which I have seen you do, and uh, it makes sense when it happens. So evidently. In the beginning, there was a little bit of, of uh, am I a writer, am I a performer, am I both, can I do both? What would you rather do personally? Would you rather write, would you rather perform? In my case, many times, you know what I say? I, I'd i rather produce. Because <laughs> oh, it's, wow. it's fun to put it all. But but I, I, I think after I've done everything I've done, I still love the writing the best. Where are you with with those uh, maybe two or three uh, possibilities that you could do? Well, I, you know, I think in my in my life, I at an early stage, I had a vision, um, and I don't even know. I, I don't think I really thought it all out. I just thought I'm going to. I'm, I love writing songs and singing them, and I just thought in my mind, I saw this vision of me going to Nashville, having my studio, recording music in my studio and putting it out and people would buy it. And, and that was just the way, that's the vision I had. And then when I got to Nashville, people were saying, oh no, you've got to go out and play live shows. And I went, oh, okay. I didn't know that wasn't part of my vision, <laughs> my first vision. And so then I had to do that, and I started, and then there were times where I just had a band, and I was gone all the time. I didn't even have a house yeah. or apartment. Yeah. If I had a week off, I didn't have anywhere to live, and I had to keep working. And uh, so I was on the road a lot with my band, and then, uh, then I decided that that wasn't going anywhere without having something behind it. So I decided I would quit the 
the road and just stay in town and write songs and and see if I could get it going. And so that's what I did. And, and I, I learned to enjoy the life of a writer so much. Yeah. Because, like, I can sit here and talk to you and be in my studio, and I can go and work on some vocals and recording, which I love. I love doing that. <laughs> and I don't have to be anywhere, like, urgent, you know, today to play a show yeah. tonight. And as an artist, I did. I had to be on the road. I'm on the bus, so I, consequently, you stop writing as much. And so I, I, I really enjoy the life of a writer, as long as you're having hits. <laughs> if you're not having hits, you better go on the road. <laughs> yeah, to find the balance, uh, to find a balance where, because sometimes the road can even feed your writing. I think that's been true with Gloria Me at times. I can remember a song, yeah. a song that she wrote with you. It was called "I Have Seen the Children," and basically, she was. A, it was really kind of a, a, a song of complaining. You know, I've been, I've been all over this country, but I've never seen, I've never seen the Grand Canyon, and never seen the Tetons. I've never seen because most of the time we we were either going through them at nighttime or uh, or flying over it. You know, and she. And she, but she started describing the uh, dressing rooms that she had been in. But the one thing that made it real from place to place was, oh, but I have seen the children, red and yeah. yellow, black and white. And uh, yeah. uh, and that makes it worth uh, uh, doing. I know you, that you did that co-writing with her, but have you done a lot of co-writing? A lot, yeah. 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 Don Slitz and I wrote a lot of those songs for Andy Travis. And when you say nothing at all was a song that Keith Whitley originally did. Yeah. And it was in the movie Notting Hill, Don Slips, and I wrote that. Tom yeah. Schuyler and I wrote stuff for Forster Sisters, uh, Long Line of Love, Michael Martin Murphy Michael, yeah. Michael Martin Murphy recorded. Yeah. And uh we uh, I've been a, a, and Paul Davis and I wrote yeah. a lot of songs together. And, and, and uh, I've had some great co writers actually. Uh, and you've written with some wonderful Christian writers, Don Moen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Don and I wrote "God Is Good" all the time. <laughs> and then, yeah, "God Is Good" all the time. And then, and then we wrote another song called "God Is Here." Yeah. And then we wrote another one. We started going. We started going. All right. So, what else can we say? God is. <laughs> you know, we were making yeah. fun of ourselves. Love is strong. <laughs> Love is strong. Did you write that with somebody else? Archie Jordan, yes. Boy, he's a great writer. He's yeah. a great writer. Yeah. He's, a, he's, good. There, he's a great piano player, too. Yeah, and there, but for the grace of God, go I. Yes. Now, who'd, you write um, that, who'd you write that one with? Bill, I'm going to have to say I'd have to look that up. <laughs> it's been a long time ago. Hey, Paul, let me give you a lyric. Uh, let, let me give you a lyric on that scripture. Do you know the name Stuart Hamlin? He was way before your time, but wrote this old house. Yes, sir. It, yes, it, it's do. a secret until then. Quite a great writer, but he wrote on that on that same scripture of "But for the grace of God," and the lyric was this: "The tramp on the street, homeless and weak, could be I, but for the grace of God, the steel oh, wow. the steel of my soul would have weakened and bent." Had I traveled the byways he's trod, O oh, merciful Father, 
O wonderful God, thy hands have spared me these things. May my heart know compassion as a child when she holds a bird with a broken wing. O Lord, make me strong, not to boast of my strength, but to lend it to the weak and downtrod. May I always remember things dear to my heart, our mind to hold only by the grace of God. Oh, that's wonderful. Is that a great lyric? <laughs> that's a beautiful lyric. That's right. Stuart, Stuart was a poet, English major from the uh, University of Texas. And, oh, uh, wow. But boy, I tell you what, his poetry, this old house is some of the greatest poetry I've ever heard. Once knew my children, house once knew my wife. Uh, I'm a great steward. Uh, steward. Oh, is that the one that the cathedrals used to sing? Oh, yeah, this old house was home. My old hound dog lies asleep. This and, old house, and you know what I mean? This old house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one? Yeah, that one, that one. I knew that song as a kid. But the cathedrals were, were, were my favorite yeah george was cool and he was the funniest guy and we were on a cruise together and he told me the story about them being playing out in california yeah and he said at the end of the show thank y'all for having us here in san Jose, and <laughs> and we've enjoyed it and he said i'll be at the back door to talk to y'all when we uh after the show and so he went back there, and he said, this, these people came by, and they said, uh, George, we just want to tell you that we don't pronounce it San Jose, it's San Jose. Yeah. And he goes, oh, oh. And they said, well, we sure enjoyed y'all's show. When do you think y'all be back out here? And he said, oh, around Hoon or who lies? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> I love that guy. He was funny. Him and Glenn, they're quite a quite a pair. <laughs> you know, they sang together probably for forty years. Can you believe two people doing anything for 40, 40, <laughs> 40 years ago? Hey, watch it, watch it. I've been married thirty five. <laughs> thirty five years. <laughs> well, I'm coming up on forty. I tell you what. There are times when uh, when I love what I do so much, I tell our guys, I ought to go out and buy a ticket. You know, <laughs> I'm having way, way too much fun. And, <laughs> I love that. And part of it is just hanging. Hey, if you ever need, if you guys ever need an opening act out there, let me know. I'll bring my guitar and just oh, you'd go have out to, there and play a few songs. All you'd have to do is go out and play all of your hits. <laughs> and listen, our folks would know your hits uh, when the, uh, the Oak Ridge come and do stuff with us every now and then, the Gatlin, then when the Gatlins come. Same way with Vince. Uh, Vince did a couple of uh, videos with us. And uh, they're always amazed at the crossover of the crowd. Well, country music, is our uh, uh, songs about life and true life. And um, Jesus was a storyteller. He had to be an awfully good storyteller to hold the attention of 5,000 people without a microphone on the hills of uh, uh, right by Galilee. Have you ever been there uh, in, in the Holy Land at, uh, on the sea? No, I'd like to go, but I've never been. You know what, Paul? <laughs> you, you would write. 20 new songs so fast it wouldn't be funny. I mean, it would just... Uh, Amazing. 
I mean, to think that. They, uh, yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Cap- captivating all those people and spreading that fish that far. <laughs> That'll make them hang around. <laughs> <laughs> he, must, he must have been a great, great storyteller. And you are a wonderful storyteller, Paul. And it's a joy to have, to have you here. Uh, uh, I'm enjoying this. I'm not sure what it is yet that I'm doing, but I think I'm having a good time. <laughs> well, I'm having fun. And I wanted to thank you once again for being a part of that early publishing company that where a lot of my songs got started. I just wanted to tell you that, you know, in person, and just say it meant, it's meant a lot to a lot of people. Those songs have touched a lot of lives, and it's because you guys were behind the scenes there yeah. helping make it happen. Blessings to you, Paul, and you have a good day, and let's stay in touch, okay? Okay, we'll do it. Bill, good talking to you. Good to talk to you, too. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of More Than the Music. For details on the Gaither Vocal Band tour dates, the latest Gaither music releases, and much more, visit us online at gaither.com. This is Bill Gaither signing off until the next edition of More Than the Music.